lot more people are going to be traveling. I myself, I'm going to Vegas for the uh, Money Shows Trader Expo to launch our Toro Alerts app. It's an app that if um, you want to buy some pot stocks, kind of a an AI machine learning with predictive analytics app to alert you when to buy and sell stocks and crypto coming soon. So I thought this is kind of a good opportunity to take a look at this report from MJ Business Daily about the first in-airport cannabis store coming up in Canada. That'd be fun for some expos if you haven't been. Uh, a lot of good expos up there. So we're going to talk about the first in-airport cannabis uh, store coming up. It's only entertainment. Welcome back to The Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. You've traveled recently. You may have seen these cannabis amnesty boxes. It's pretty hilarious that you're supposed to put your cannabis in here. You're not supposed to fly with it. Um, you know, that's not going to happen. I'm not going to do that. You can. Um, I mean, they recommend that you do that, right? But um, let's see what they've got in there. There's some, some pre-rolls over here that people have put in here at the last minute. Uh, Bob should be happy that, you know, somebody bought one of his uh, incredible edibles over here. Lots of flour in these little tubes, you know, in the back. Some beverages that somebody hopefully drank before and didn't freak out on the airplane. Uh, edibles over here. A lot of pre-rolls. Tons of vape pens. Um, why would you give up your pen, people? You could you could keep, you know, give them the cartridge if you have to. A lot of topicals. What is this? Oh, somebody dumped in body cream, apothecana body cream, because they just didn't know and they didn't want to get caught or in trouble. So that's pretty funny. Um, you know, maybe these cafes will be an opportunity for people to consume and use all of these and be informed that, hey, don't put it in the amnesty box. Ain't nobody care about your pre-rolls, people, or any of these products for that matter. I would never put anything in an amnesty box. <laughs> There's a little rendering on the MJ Business Daily about the world's first in-airport cannabis store coming up in Canada. Uh, I mean, like I mentioned before, we need hospitality lounges, marijuana lounges, cannabis cafes, whatever you want to call them. Prince George City Council voted in favor of the store's land use application at a public hearing recently. That'll make flying into BC a lot uh, more interesting. Funny story. So I, I drove up with a friend of mine to go to the Lyft Expo in January of 2020. So this is before, you know, COVID was a thing. And I'm in there, I'm doing my thing. Uh, doing some podcasts and interviews, whatever, running around, meeting some some clients and, and people I know. And uh, she ends up staying late because she's she, she's part investor in an airline that's going to be transporting cannabis plant products coast to coast. Uh, one of the projects that we were going to be working on together and has been delayed for a lot of reasons. Um, incredibly uh, regulated. Whenever you talk about you know um, cannabis investing or anything that's regulated, you know by the SEC, for example, or the FAA, and, and um, I think it's Transport Canada up there. Um, highly regulated. And then you talk about cannabis on top of that, man, things take forever. So that project is like four years in the making. Um, pretty crazy. But anyway, she was she stayed up there to talk about that, and I was like, I'm out. So uh, rather than wait the next day and drive back with her, I ended up just taking a train from downtown BC to the airport. And, um, you know, I knew I didn't have my passport because I have my enhanced driver's license driving through the border. But I was like, yeah, you know what, whatever, we're, we're going to do this. So I bought my ticket, 
um, and I'm trying to avoid humans, right? So all these people want to talk to me. I'm like, leave me alone. So I, I'm trying to get to the kiosk um, and, and manually do this. And this lady kind of um, intervenes, whatever, because nobody's at the airport. They must have been bored. Um, again, this is before uh, COVID. So she ends up telling me, um, you know, we can't, like, she's like, how'd you get into the country? First of all, she's all freaked out. So I ended up having to go upstairs uh, at the airport. And then I ended up talking to like, I think it was from the FBI, maybe. I don't know. I remember what acronym. It was probably FBI. Um, so I'm on a list somewhere. And he's like, do you do this often? All these crazy questions. It was only like 10, 15 minutes once I got on the line with him. Whole thing was like 30 minutes. It wasn't a terrible time. Um, luckily, I got there early. Um, so then after talking to him and realizing I wasn't a terrorist, he allowed me to go and get this like one time pass. So I went back downstairs. She, the, the gal from, I think it was Alaska airlines printed me off my, my ticket with this, like, I don't know what kind of stamp this was <clears throat> yellow and, and pink. I've never seen it before. You probably never seen it before. So I get through, I go through, uh, TSA and they're like, Oh, you're special. <laughs> so they knew what was up. Um, and so somebody's asking me for my passport and I'm like, I don't have a passport. And I like, go, oh, you're going to have to go talk to blah, blah, blah. And so I was just, I lost it. I got no patience. So I just like held up this thing and I just kept walking. Um, no one tackled me. Uh, I didn't end up going to jail or anything, but I did end up that the next station, which is customs. Um, man, those guys have no patience. Those guys are such assholes. Um, everyone's like guilty until innocent. It's, it's annoying. So I walk in, I thought I heard somebody say Josh and the guy's like, no, sit down. So I sit down. And then like, finally, like 10 minutes later, I get called up and the guy's, you know, actually pretty decent guy. Um, I ended up asking him like, does this happen often? How many people like try to go through an airport without a passport? And he's like, maybe once a month, like if that, so, um, yeah, made me pretty special that day. Uh, Luckily, I had taken my edibles beforehand and I was fairly medicated through the whole process and um, ventured out. I would have loved to have gone and I don't know like how people are going to like roast a fat blunt and then get onto a plane. Because if you're at one of these these cafes here and you're roasting a pre-roll or whatever, a blunt, that's going to reek on an airplane. I wouldn't want to sit next to somebody who smoked a cigar, for example, hard enough like if somebody's like doused in perfume like anything that's super floral fragrant just i don't know man they're gonna have to come up with some kind of etiquette for that because i kind of see some serious backlash it, cafes normally you'd smoke you do your thing you'd walk outside and whatever um you're not gonna be in a confined tube flying thirty thousand feet in the air uh giving people migraines or whatever i know my sister gets sick you know from it um just gives her a really bad headache so and and you know uh, cigars do the same thing to me so they're gonna have to figure that out it's interesting this article goes on to say that potential customers include arriving travelers looking to pick up cannabis before heading to their final destination so they would have these on the inside and outside for people coming and going assuming that they're not um trying to sell to people going to you know other locations meaning other um you know, countries that, that haven't legalized, although that would be interesting. They're saying that, um, 
obviously tra traveling is stressful and that this isn't just a way to get intoxicated, but it's a way to relieve stress. Have you heard that story about that guy last year or two years ago? I mean, there's been so many um, fights in, in airplanes. They're about to make some kind of congressional act on, um, you know, acting um, like a fool up in, up in the sky. But before all that went down, there was people that were like some business person. I think it was a guy, a businessman did crack cocaine before to alleviate his stress. Oh, who, in the, who does that? Um, that's crazy. So <laughs> I thought that was, interesting. he tried to open up the door in the middle of the flight. So obviously people are just unbuckling, like beat this guy down. Uh, so yeah, maybe like crack's not the best thing to do. Um, if they had a marijuana lounge that maybe detour some folks from wanting to smoke some crack, I don't know. I don't know what the hell that guy was doing. That's funny. So apparently they can't sell to anybody that's on staff, no airport or airline staff or anybody identifiable. Uh, it's only for travelers with international transit or final destination. So it's going to be right next to the door um, between the check-in and security checkpoint for about 500,000 passengers that go through there per year. I haven't seen any cannabis consumption. They're saying that other Canadian airports in Vancouver and Calgary and Kelowna have uh, cannabis consumption areas. And so even though the airport is in a non-smoking zone, the designated cannabis consumption area isn't going to be an issue. I, mean, I haven't seen it, but I think that's great. They're counting on people who, who want the convenience uh, and immediate need. They want people to look at duty-free opportunities, aka saving some money with tax-free and those are that are bored. Um, but those that say it doesn't really fit into the convenience because it's so easy to come by. So this partnership or this agreement took two years to come to fruition. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out long term. And if it's already there and there hasn't been pushback, I find that another interesting kind of tale like Uber up there. Nobody in Canada cares that Uber is delivering or that it's going to be in more airports available. It kind of seems like it's a non-entity. There is already alcohol being served um, why not cannabis if it's legal up there? It should be cannabis should be sold on the airplane and not just in the airport. So I think that's maybe the next step is they should push for cannabis sales on uh, Canadian flights and kind of make that the norm. Be interesting to see uh, kind of how this all rolls out since we've already seen in places like Illinois and Washington where cannabis sales have exceeded liquor sales and making more money in revenue and taxes, uh, just how quick maybe this takes off. With that, we're going to roll this one up. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is The Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe or don't. And I'm out. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. How do cannabis CEOs balance growth and optimization strategies? What is THCO, Delta 10, and CBNA, and why should you care about these minor cannabinoids? And why isn't the endocannabinoid system covered in medical school? Most people think they're up to date in trends in the cannabis industry, but they're about six weeks behind. Learn about what is truly next in the cannabis space by joining myself, Brian Fields, and Kellen Finney every week on the Dime Podcast and, of course, on PodConnects.